I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll tell you what I think. What's that you're saying? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. Shh. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. And this is actually the last episode that I'm doing before I leave the country for 10 days. Um, Please pray that I get back in the country Um, after my work slash pleasure vacay. Um, So I'm so stoked to have this brilliant, magical being with me. Um, Who am I talking about? Who's next to me? Oh, my God. I don't know, because this isn't recorded on video. Um, It's Gabby Dunn from fucking Just Between Us, her amazing YouTube show and Bad With Money podcast. Um, She's a writer, comedian, a screenwriter, fucking just all around badass woman. Um, and I'm so glad to have her here. Hi. Hi. I wasn't sure when I was allowed to talk or could I just let you keep saying nice things about me? Yeah, exactly. For sure. This is compliment session. Great. I came here right after therapy. (gasps) Did you? I didn't. I'm going on Monday. I love my therapist so much. She's, she went away to get married. So selfish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so you're, so what kind of therapy are you in? Um, just like talk therapy. And then also I have a psychiatrist, but my talk therapist is this woman that I found because I wrote on Facebook. I wanted a gay, like an LGBT therapist, uh, like a year ago. And then someone recommended her to me. And then I now like run into other lesbians and bisexual women in the waiting room all the time (laughs) that I know. And then she one time said, yes, I see a lot of entertainment lesbians. (laughs) She's very proud of herself. Wow. She's the best. Her name's Kristen Jones. I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to keep it secret. She's amazing. <laughs> wow. She won't listen to this. She didn't. I found out she doesn't watch the YouTube channel either because she didn't know what Allison looked like. Wow. I know. What restraint? That, that, is, um, that is quite a lot of restraint. I don't know if I would ever want my therapist knowing anything about me. You think you're going to be able to find a therapist who hasn't seen Princess Diaries? Yes. How? In this town? I mean, that's... (laughs) But I also haven't... I haven't gone to, like, conventional therapy in in quite a bit. Where do you go? What do you do? Well, um, I was doing core energetics therapy, which is um, a a module of mind-body-spirit under the auspice of that we all wear masks in the sense of um like outer personality inner personality shadow self um and getting to incorporate all of those and doing a lot of work with the physical body you know and getting to stay present in the body which I had a really hard time doing and are you supposed to be getting rid of the masks or you're supposed to be working yeah, with getting, them? Yeah, getting rid of the masks, oh, okay. but it's, um, 
you first have to identify whatever it is. It like I worked with this woman named Angela I, um, AI. She's fucking incredible and brilliant and amazing. And we worked together for a little over a year. And then uh, I intuitively felt that our time had come to an end and she agreed. And I just started doing somatic therapy. What's that? Um, So it's essentially, you know, body stores trauma. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard of it. (laughs) Um, And so it is a process with which you work with um, somebody to pretty much rewire the brain and and um, give new experience to the body. So like my body was holding a lot of trauma for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's now essentially just getting to release the trauma that's stored in the body, whether it's through, um, <clears throat> it's called the neuropathway technique. So it's really just like rewiring the brain and it's, it's, um, I know that I'm not describing it well and like, is it like acupuncture? No, 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 no. So it's, it's like getting to use touch. Oh, like Reiki kind of Uh, a bit, but like not, um, it, it really varies for like in from individual to individual to individual. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's a intense experience and it's an intense process, but I've already found the benefits, um, and experienced the benefits. Um, is it just sort of like relaxing, like loosening your joints or your, so it's okay. So I'm, I'll <laughs> I'm just, not, I don't want to put pressure no, on no, you no, to no, explain no. this. I'll, I'll, I'll just like be very, very, very brief with it. Okay. Um, So my first session, I met with him and he was suggested by, um, a former therapist of mine. Okay. And, you know, it's so, I'm just like taking a second to get very clear and organized in my thoughts. So... For me, as somebody who suffers, not suffers, I don't even want to say suffers. For me, as somebody that is working through PTSD, Mm -hmm. being in my body, while it is like a billion times better, Mm -hmm. you know, and a billion, a billion, a billion times better, there are still moments where... It can feel as though um, I'm getting raped with a piece of glass, oh, or like, like um, remembering, like triggering. Yeah, but it's but it's body memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or can have the experience of my hands going numb or my face going numb and getting paralyzed. Yeah, and it's you know, um, which for me normally meant then that I was going to leave my body and completely detach. So when I met with this guy, it's really getting to work through 
staying in the body while that physical release is happening and not leaving it. Oh, interesting. And um, then getting to get to the other side of it. So it's also, it's getting very comfortable. Like he used like pillows and it's like, what feels good in your body? Like, what do you feel? And for me, um, I had never even thought of what it was to be comfortable in my body. So it would be like, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable. I feel like a little uncomfortable, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to upset anybody. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like you've been holding stuff together for so long. Yeah. 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 And so really it's getting to be so specific with, no, this actually doesn't feel comfortable. I'm going to do this and whatever. And I need to sit this way and I need to. Yeah. Yeah, And getting and getting clear and being like, yeah, that feels good. Rather than being like, this is fine. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, getting to do um, work where then like. I was lying on a table and again, like just like look it up, like sexual somatic therapy. I'm totally not doing a very good job describing it. Um, but just (laughs) getting to feel comfortable. And then once I'm in comfort, then, you know, getting to naturally start feeling pleasure, Mm -hmm. just lying there and being in body mm-hmm. and then when I recognize the pleasure is usually then when the terror comes or oh, or yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as I recognize I'm in pleasure then my body reacts in a way of like big huge red button danger 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 yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah and getting to voice that and instead of you know, um, denying that that experience is happening, Mm -hmm. um, not only acknowledging it, but then working through it and letting the body release whatever it needs to release energetically that it historically couldn't. Yeah, that makes sense. This sounds familiar to, uh, other friends of mine. I don't have this particular scenario, but yeah, it sounds like, and a lot of friends of mine will just like not deal with it at all. Which I'm sure you probably did for a long time. Well, you know, I I dealt with it the best way that I could with the tools that I had. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got to start walking down the path of entheogens and I worked with ayahuasca. Oh, yeah. A um, bunch of my friends do that. And then, and again, like ayahuasca is not a magic bullet. Um you know, it's not like, oh, but, 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 and then you're fine. And then I did some work, um, with a therapist with MDMA, mm. which really changed the course of my life because I didn't, at the time I didn't have concrete visual memories, but I had body. Yeah. Yeah. And with that experience, a lot of stuff came up and, I was able to reclaim self and actually reintegrate self, if that makes sense, you know, and I know that, you know, especially if you're listening and you're somebody that has like survived, um, whether it's rape or childhood sex trauma, any kind of sex trauma, there is something that happens where 
for me anyway, I describe it as like being Harry Potter where Voldemort, a piece of Voldemort's soul was in Harry Potter, you know, so it never fully felt like my body was mine. And that experience with the MDMA was like destroying the horcrux and getting, and getting that release. So no longer is that the energy memory of that perpetrator inside of me anymore. And now it's just getting to completely go down the path of healing where um, I'm not brought back to the events. Yeah, of um, course. And I'm because it's able all to, like sense memory. Yeah, and it's it's got to replace basically all of the sense memory tied to one thing. Yeah, and it's like relearning and having new experience and whatnot until I don't want to say like that becomes like the quote unquote norm, but it's where it's this is fully my body and I'm allowed to be in my body and I'm allowed to be in pleasure and my power comes from my vagina. Like I believe like some people like their power comes from their heart. Some people it comes from their solar plexus. Like, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's like my two feet planted firmly on the ground, the hips, like that's where I feel like that surge of fucking power to get shit done. Mm -hmm. Um, and since my journey has really began from like 2014 on, um, you know, there's, there's something to be said about getting to reclaim one's power, getting to like, getting to reclaim like my fucking vagina, getting to reclaim my pleasure. You, if it's weird because I mean, especially with like rape and sexual assault, it's kind of like with things that happened, you're like, well, that was bad. I don't want to go back to that house or that was bad. I don't want to go back to that spot at the park, but but when the bad thing happens on you, <laughs> then you're like, well, ha- I can't like to the best of my ability, I can leave my body, but I can't really leave my body, which is the scene of the crime. Yeah. So <clears throat> what do you do? <laughs> yeah. And that's why, you know, there's this great book by Wally Lamb that was called She's Come Undone that came out. I know that book. Yeah. It came out, I mean, maybe almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, there's a scene in the book where this doctor is talking to, um, the main character in the book, who's this young woman who had gotten raped and he, and, and she eats a lot and she's, she's gained a lot of weight and he says, you need to lose weight or you're going to die. And she says, I can't, my memories are too heavy. Yeah. And it, it always stuck with me and the idea of <clears throat> if you have an experience and and whether it is trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma, right? Whether it is of the sexual nature, the emotional nature, physical nature, um, it, like trauma is trauma. Right. And how people deal with it or choose to not deal with it again everybody gets to be on their own journey. Um, you know, and I, I feel like for me at least like it's important to 
be honest and to be authentic in, in regards to sharing my experience. Um, and that there, and I know that I'm privileged that I, 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 I've been able to see a therapist. I've been privileged enough to be able to work with the plant spirit medicine. I've been privileged enough that I've gotten to work with the MDMA you know, but also I feel like then I have a responsibility to make it accessible then for others, or at least to give them information that it's, that there are many pathways to recovery. Yeah. Um, and that like no one is alone. I know. I mean, the biggest, the biggest added thing is the stigma or the shame that comes with stuff like that any kind of trauma and then also this idea that you should be able to like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and the individuals <laughs> I feel that say that are individuals that are still reckoning with self-blame and yes. self-shame yes they're or like or they haven't had the experience mm-hmm. and really need to shut the fuck up and stay in their lane either they haven't had the experience or you're right there's someone who's like, well, I, I can't possibly need all of these things. I'm fine. Like, it's that person screaming, I'm fine, while they're on fire. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's that might be... And if you're fine, if you have gone something... This is what I never understand about, like, internet commenters or people like that. Like, if, if they're like, well, this happened to me and I'm fine, I'm like, that's great. But, like, why is your experience the universal experience? And, yeah, and I guess because you know what? This is what I would say it is. Is that if somebody's coming, if somebody's coming at someone else mm-hmm. and saying, well, this happened and I'm fine, A, red herring, clearly you're not, <laughs> and B, why are you so defensive about it? And that to me makes me feel as though it's hitting a button within them being like, oh no, but wait a second, what if I'm not? What if I'm not? And this, or they don't want other people to know they're not fine, right? It reminds me of um, people who, when you say like something about how catcalling is very threatening, uh, they go, "Well, I'm a woman and I've been catcalled and I don't feel threatened." Uh, and I'm like, "Oh, I see. You, you don't want the people around you to know anything about you or think you're weak. Like you, they don't. You don't want anyone to think that you might have had a feeling. So, like, if you're like, "Well, it didn't bother me." I'm like, oh, you're, it, it did. And you're scared that I'm telling tales out of school. Like I've got your number and I'm telling people that you might've had a feeling and you're like, well, we can't allow that. Does that make sense? No, that, that, that does make sense. It's, um, I'm not weak like you. It's like, whoa, chill out. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's interesting too. You know, I, I, when something that um, becomes so normalized, like catcalling, you know, and women get to the point where they call it out and they speak truthfully about it and they speak truthfully about their experience, um, other women, like, again, like, you're allowed to be in choice, but it's, you know... I don't understand how anybody could deny someone their experience, you know, um, and 
uh, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like it really, really, truly at the end of the day doesn't make sense to me. I mean, a lot of it I think comes down to, to also like model minority status. So the people that, the black people that were like, well, Bill Maher saying the N word didn't bother me. So, um, I think there's this deep fear that minorities have women, black people, Asian people of, of not being of like white people finding out that they're not, um, like model citizens. And so, or like men finding out they're not model citizens. So there's this thing of like, Oh God, well, I got to hide. Like I'll pretend I'll be with, I'll hide with them. Like I'll pretend like, yeah, it didn't bother me. Like, and then, and then when they come for us, they won't come for me. Cause I'll be like a good one. You know, there's like a, like a model mind, like it's this deeply ingrained internalized misogyny, internalized homophobia, internalized racism, where you're like, I'm not like other blank of the group yes. that you're a part of. Yeah. So that when shit goes down, you feel like you're safe. Yes. 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 Guess what? You won't be safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's the, you know, wanting to be received and wanting to be included and wanting to be loved. By this oppressive group because you still want their approval. And that to me comes down to just at the end of the day, what do all of us want? We want to be, we want to be seen and we want to be received in love. And like, that's what conditional love looks like. Yeah. And the fear that God forbid I step out on my own. Mm-hmm. that I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to be received by anybody and ba 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 I'm going to die. But there's a lot of it's interesting especially as like a queer woman to see which friends of mine um queer women in particular have solely queer female friends and which ones are the only lesbian in the group. Mm. You know? Like some of my friends are like, I only hang out with other lesbians. I only hang out with other queer women. This is what's good. And, and like, I don't, I don't want to be tokenized. And then I have another friend who primarily hangs out with straight people. And I was always like, girl, why? Um, and she was like, well, because like, if I hang out with a bunch of lesbians, then who am I? I'm not like the lesbian. Wow. Your face right now. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's so... I mean, I don't hang out with anybody. Um, <laughs> You've got two beautiful dogs here. I, I mean, that's, that's that's all I need. Yeah. I just I just need four-legged friends um, and just live in the woods and run naked and be happy. Um, you know, that's so interesting because I'm now... Now I'm thinking about my friends. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't have like a quote unquote like group of friends. No, me neither. I it's have like very weird. I have individual relationships. Me too. I'm learning that. I'm figuring that out now. That was my big. I was like very. Re- I was recently very um, sad, almost like a relationship breakup, but a friend breakup with like a group where, and also very gaslit, where I was like trying to be like. But we're a group of friends. And then they were like, no, we're not. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 29. Oh, my God. Dude. Is that right when you stop having groups of friends? Well, it's Saturn return. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It it's is. Full, yeah. I mean. Definitely. I cut my hair. I dress completely differently. Uh, the groups of friends are shaking out completely differently. It's a total Saturn return. Yeah. So um, 
And if you don't know what Saturn return is, Google it. Like when you're 28 and stuff starts to yeah, change between and fall into 28 place. and 30, it's essentially like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And like stripping away all of the bullshit to get to the essence of who you are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like a two and a half year cycle. Um, I'm in the middle of it right now. Yeah, and Shawnee Nichol is um, the the podcast episode I did with her. She talks a lot about it in depth. If you want to check that out. Um, and by you, I mean, you too, Gabs, yeah. but also and like, listeners. and the listeners. Um, so it was with a group of friends. Yeah. Well, cause I, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I've never really been able to have a click. That's the thing. Like in, in, and this is like very upsetting to me and I kind of am just sort of dealing with it now, but like, um, and it seems maybe childish I don't know but it's been going on basically like you know like in middle school you have like a group of friends and then there'll be like a thing where everyone gets invited to a birthday party and you're the like and then they forget one person like that's me or like if there's like some kind of thing of like oh we're all at the the Claire's together and we're all getting there's five of us and we're all getting uh BFF necklaces and uh there's, you know, two and two, uh, you're the, like one person can't get one. Sorry. Oh, I guess it'll be Gabby. Like it was always kind of like, like I'm the expendable person Mm. and it's just high school that way, like college that way. Like it was never, and, and I don't think people had like malintent, but I don't know if maybe there's just something about me and my personality where I'm just not accepted into groups or I'm not just like a group person. I I really, I mean, I've been told like there's been various, like I've been told like, well, uh, you're a little distant or there's something cold about you or whatever. Like I've been given reasons or like, you know, in high school, some girl was like, the truth is you think you're better than everyone. And that's why we don't include you. And I was like, but aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like maybe there's something that I give off that I just, I don't know what it is, but um, but it's still happening. Like I'm like a year away from being 30 and it's like still happening. And so I kind of have to be like, okay. And like one-on-one relationships, like obviously like Allison and I are our best friends and that's like a one-on-one thing. Um, but even she kind of has found this group that she's like a little trio that she's friends with. And then I'm sort of part of it, but they have their own group chat and I'm not necessarily in the group chat or like which I don't it's not like hurtful to me because I they're fine and I that's okay but it is like certain things where um I'm the person that's left I don't know how to explain it but like you know you you've had groups of friends there's just like one person that's always kind of like oh shit we forgot to call whoever and like that's me (laughs) always and it seems like weird because like I was joking I was like when this first when this one that was going on now started happening I was like you know I became goddamn internet famous so that I wouldn't have to so I wouldn't have to deal with like not being one of the popular kids anymore and it didn't even help (laughs) like I worked I built up an entire fan base and still people don't want to be my friend (laughs) oh my god it's fine it's not I'm joking I'm mostly joking but like it was this weird thing where I was like part of a group of friends and then there was like a birthday party and I was like not and social media makes it worse like I like wasn't invited 
and then every of course everyone at the birthday party like posts together and i kind of was when i said something about it to them like what what is the deal yeah uh they were kind of like a lot of them had the reaction of like grow up like we're not a group of friends like you're exaggerating like and i was like we're not a group of friends like a group of five people who hang out all the time is not a group of friends like i was like this would be like if all the characters on the show friends had a birthday party did not invite phoebe and then when phoebe said why wasn't i invited they went you're being insane we're not a group of friends (laughs) i was like that's a group of friends so it was like a bunch of like gaslighting then thrown back at me being like, you're well, but this was never a group. So I don't know why you think you should have been like, it was very weird. And then I just sort of was like, OK, and now and, and now I've given up like that's my last chance. Like that's my like I've done this so many times of trying to be part of part of a group. And now I'm like, all right, I'm out. Like I'll just have individual friendships. I'm not going to try to have like a squad anymore. I mean, it's never worked out having a squad. Holy, I'm not meant to have a squad. Holy fuck balls. <laughs> I'm just not meant to have a squad, Heather. I mean, you know, I I don't even know I, I, I don't even know what to say to this. Um and that keeps happening. Well, so what's wrong with me? Well, here's here's <laughs> this is this is what I would this is what I would suspect. Um I would love to hear this. <laughs> I would love to hear this theory. You know, I was not popular in school. Right. At all. Yeah. I was not. Um, and, you know, there's there's something to be said. And that's why I feel like bullying is... is 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 something that really needs to be talked about in an honest and frank way mm-hmm. where I can look back now at who I was when I was a kid mm-hmm. and be like, I was fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like a really fucking sweet, quirky awesome kid yeah and I remember that we had a we had this thing in like second grade where like we had to like pay each other compliments and this one girl was like I like your shoes but also said I look like a chick and that's not a compliment yeah I know um but did the teacher go you've misunderstood the assignment absolutely not um like absolutely not and for me, I can I can say that I was always looking for my place because I never felt like I fit in. Yeah, that's what um, I'm doing, I think. And and with that it was like, well, why don't I why don't I feel like I fit in? And the truth is is that I got along a lot better with adults, which is why I'm so grateful that I worked all the time mm-hmm. because I didn't, I didn't want to play like fucking like Malibu Barbie dream house or like fucking like sleepover board games or like fucking truth or dare. Like I didn't want to do any of those things. Yeah. And I, I, and I wanted to, I wanted to be included in stuff, but I always felt slightly 
weird. One, I think it, part of it has to do with like queerness where I didn't know where the line was ever. Mm. Like I always felt like straight girls had this thing where they knew inherently where to stop and I had no idea. So like they would like, they, it would always be the situation of like, they would just do a bunch of shit and then I would be like, I would be like, oh, I'll I'll play as well. And then, and then I would like take it like, oh, just like an inch too far. And then they would be like, you're weird. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I was so close. <laughs> like this casual ease that straight girls have of like all of them just like showering together at camp. And then I would be like, I am also cool and chill. And they'd be like, you're literally like roboting over to the shower. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And I think, you know, <laughs> and I feel like that you also. Just don't fit in. Yeah. And that I feel that comes from, you know, if you intuitively know, like I knew I was a lesbian mm -hmm. from the time I was like seven. Yeah. I knew very, very young that I liked girls and I did not like boys. Yeah. I knew that. Um, and also I knew intuitively that that was quote unquote looked down upon and was not right. And oh, something yeah. that needed to be kept a secret. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, where it's having or feeling the need that you have to alter yourself in order to like be accepted. But the more you alter yourself, the worse it becomes because the more dishonest you are. Yeah. I think that's real. I think you've hit on it. I think that's the real thing is like, you're uh, you don't even know how to actually be a person. So then friendships are like weird. You don't even know how to. And also you spend so much. I spent so much of high school alone. So you spend so much time alone. You kind of get used to that as the default state. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you also get used to like not quite being fully honest with people as a default state. And then like now like intimacy is like very hard. Like if someone giving me a compliment is very weird to me or like Allison, if she's like loving towards me, I like freeze up like it's very weird. Yeah, I don't, I, I, so I'm like, what's the trick? Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What are, what are the strings? What's the, ba, 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 because yeah. it's, I mean, when I stopped really giving a fuck what other people thought mm -hmm. and when my life became about me mm -hmm. and not about others, mm-hmm everything really truly started to change. And that wasn't until pretty much within like the last like few years, because I, I think that there's this idea of there's something wrong with you. If you don't have a lot of friends, there's yeah. something wrong with you. If you're not out and sociable and extroverted and all this stuff. And the truth is I have, Like five friends. That's enough. I think. Um, but, and with that too, you know, I probably have more. Yeah. Because now my relationships are based on this, right? Where I will call and I will check in and I will say, hey, yeah. how are you doing? I had an intuitive thought about you. Like I'll actually pick up the fucking phone. Yeah. And we'll end up having like a two and a half hour, three hour conversation. You know, um, that seems awful, but I appreciate your commitment <laughs> and because it's, but we haven't talked in months. Yeah. So, so I don't have quote unquote like daily friendships Yeah. in the sense of we're meeting every week to right. get coffee. Where because, do they live? These people, I mean, um, 
far away? They live in New York. They live in Los Angeles. Like, they live in Canada. Okay. You know, it's... um, where do, do you know them from a long time ago? I feel like I don't have any childhood friends. I don't either. Yeah. I've known, because you know why? I didn't really have any friends in my childhood. Yeah. I did, but I was scared of them. <laughs> I I didn't. <laughs> it was me trying to like hide behind a bunch of bullies being like, help me. Yeah. No, I like, I, I didn't. I was fucking A, working all the time. True. And B, um, yeah, it just, uh, <sighs> relationships are exhausting in this sense Mm -hmm. my energy is way too fucking precious to me and the relationships that I cultivate are deep and long lasting and and so those relationships take time and that when I connect with you I connect with you and um that's it I did have though a fucking like friend breakup two years ago that came out of left field. Um, and my ex and another reason that they're my ex is that the reason that the friend had been like, ba 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 is that she's like, it seems that like whenever you have something going on, I like seem to drop everything and ba 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 ba. And essentially saying that um, it was my fault that they didn't know how to say no to me and set a clear boundary. And for me, and my, my ex had said, you know, you have a really hard time reading between the lines. So you need to actually, when somebody says like, I don't know, maybe like, we'll we'll see. Or like, yeah, I, I think I can do that. Yeah, 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 that, I think I can do it. But you hear the hesitancy. Right. Right? That it's my job then to pick up on the hesitancy of the, yeah, that oh. I, I can do that. And me then getting to say, you know what? I I hear like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Ba, 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 ba. Whereas for me. That's because people don't know how to communicate. But for me, if somebody says, yeah, I'm going to take it as face value that they mean, yeah. And it's not up to me to. I'm struggling with that, too, because I thought for a long time, yeah, you can only take people at face value. But like in my last relationship, I this person kept saying yes. And I and then Allison, who's like a detective, Mm -hmm. was like (laughs) an emotional detective, was like, well, he means no. And I was like, well, he's not saying no. And all I can do is is ask multiple times and if he keeps saying yes then he means yes and I can't like baby this person this person and it's a condescending for me to think that this person doesn't have agency and then uh turned out he meant no (laughs) and that you know what though that's on that's on him that's not on you yeah because here's the deal is that I say what I mean and I mean what I say which is also like another reason that people might think of me as cold sometimes like, yeah, I've I think gotten, I get that as well. Uh, and it's like upon first meeting, I've heard again and again, I was scared of you. I was so scared of you when I first I met think you. you. I thought you were in a bad mood, but I didn't think you were scary. I was just like, oh, she's working and she's in a bad mood. And I was like, this isn't about me. Um, Hope she's okay later. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, no, no, no. It wasn't like, oh, Heather hates me. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, 
that was that was that you were was preoccupied, a, yeah, which was fairly obvious. That was a that was a very interesting day. Um, yeah, but I could see like I guess other people like if I'm that way too, I could see maybe other people walking away and going, "Well, Gabby was fucking hates me." Yeah, and it's. It, and like, the, read this situation. Clearly, it's not about you. But everyone thinks everything is about them. Yeah. And on top of that, the truth is, is that I'm, like, very shy and I'm very introverted. And I observe a lot. Mm-hmm. And I use my words sparingly. Mm-hmm. And it's not until I feel comfortable and safe and the trust has been earned sure. that the um that you're allowed to come within but it's the other person's insecurity right like if you're if you're a woman of few words and i come up and talk to you and i walk away being like what's wrong with me that's my own insecurity like in real life i came up and we were talking and you were like working so you were clearly busy and i was like all right i'll talk to you later and then i like went about my life and wasn't like oh no heather didn't like me yeah for like, I sure like, I, I like i'm pretty cool like, we seem to have a lot in common. I'll catch her later. <laughs> like it wasn't like... Yeah, abs- like, absolutely. And that, <laughs> like and, it's fine. And that's the thing, you know? It's in, in this era of fake news and alternative facts. Sure. I feel like fake news and alternative facts have been going on for such a long time. You know, where especially, I think, for women... Well, I was about to say, if you don't come at me with, like, a huge smile, if you're not, like... And we're, you and I met on a set, right? If you're yeah. not meeting me on set with like cookies, then you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. What? You're yeah. working. Yeah. Or if, and, and that's the thing that I feel is so interesting where it's <clears throat> that women need to be nice. They need to be competent. They need to know exactly what they want. Plus you know, be amenable plus ba 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 it's plus like be smiling. Even though you're the character you were playing was not happy. It's just so you know like and I didn't No and, one goes up to Daniel Day Lewis and is like, Why are you being so dour when you're playing Abraham Lincoln? It's like Yeah, what's up? He's working. I you know it's funny, like I I, I, when I was in school and the whole thing with Christian Bale and that DP came out, obviously Christian Bale has rage problems, but when that happened, I was like, oh man, that like Christian Bale's like, so was like, so in the wrong. And then looking and then like looking back at it, I'm like, no, wait a minute. The DP was in the wrong. And was it the DP or was it the grip? It was like a lighting guy. I think. Yeah, it was, it was a DP. grip. It was a grip know, or an electric. I, I, I like having acted more now. I'm like, oh my God, if I was in the middle of something and we were doing a take and someone who should have known better walked through the set, I would have murdered them with my bare hands. <laughs> like now I completely get where he was coming from. Yeah. And A, I don't know that like Christian Bale has a rage problem because I, because here's the thing. But that- he was allowed to recover from that, which is if you or I had done that, we would have been blacklisted. I mean, God forbid. Right. Um, but here's a deal that most people, I don't think, recognize. They don't understand. They don't get. So typically, and I'm not saying this to sound condescending to anybody, really just like educational, that um, typically on a set, you know, you're working, you know, if it's a big, big budget movie, you're working like three or four months. You're working 18 to 20 hour days. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. And... 
normally when you're getting ready to shoot a scene, you get together with the director and you get together with the person that um, you're working opposite against and you work through the scene and figure out like the actor gets to figure out like where they're going to go and what feels right. And and you're rehearsing and, and, and you're rehearsing and getting it done. So um, if let's say you've been doing this now for like a month and a half, two months, and you still have like a month and a half, two months to go and the movie that you're working on has been like plagued with problems. Let's say if it's like the third month of like working 18 to 20 hour days. Right. And in a fucking moment, you have somebody that is being disrespectful in the sense of, um, they're talking while you're trying to figure a scene out you know, um, they're like doing whatever the fuck when like a, a set is supposed to be quiet and mm-hmm. reserved for the actors in that moment. Like it's called like a rehearsal and yeah. And that's and, if, if you are not, if it's not your first day on a set, then you know to be quiet. Yeah. You know, to be quiet and, um, you know, it's it's just, like, an incredibly, incredibly fucking, like, disrespectful. And I've, I've worked on, I've worked on sets where, you know, you're getting ready to do, um, you're getting ready to do something, like, really fucking intense, you know? And you have people that are, like, dicking around. Yeah. That, like, don't really give a fuck. And... Oh, I've had, I mean, and as a woman, you're not allowed to really be upset, but like I've had situations where I'm holding fake, two situations come to mind. One, we were shooting something and I was holding fake vomit in my mouth because I had to throw up as soon as they said action. Mm -hmm. So I'm holding fake vomit in my mouth. It's disgusting. And they have to, and people are just taking their sweetest time and I'm holding, so I can't go like. Can we move it along? Yeah. yeah. But I also am like, hold, whatever. And then, so then I, I do it and then they go, oh, okay, sorry. There was the lighting guy like messed up. So you have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Hold the fake vomit in my mouth again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, okay. We got it. Oh, you know, it wasn't this, whatever. Can we do it again? Yeah. So then I've fake vomited now six times. Yeah. And then we're running out of daylight. So now all of a sudden they're like, can you do it again? But like fake vomit fast. Yeah, like, because I, all of a sudden they're rushing you. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. happened to me with fake vomit, which is disgusting, which like an art department made that I had yeah. to like hold in my mouth yeah. six times. And then also, um, and so no one, and then also that happened with um, fake blood where yeah. I had to get punched and I had to spit fake blood in mm-hmm, a scene. Mm-hmm. And I ended up ju- like covered in blood. And they kind of do this thing where they're like, they'll be like, are you okay? And I don't want them. To, I'm like, just go. Like, we're just do, just go. They'll be like, are you sure? Do you want, I'm like, just, put, just go, just go, just put it in my mouth and let's just go. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to ask me five times if I'm okay. Just pour the fake blood in my mouth and let's do it again. Like till yeah. you get it, till yeah. you get it. Yeah. And that, and that makes me think of. And then if someone else is dicking around, if it's yeah. the eighth time I've spit fake blood and some grip has, is just walking around and their reflection gets caught in the mirror and we have to do it again. 
I will throttle you. <laughs> yeah. And there's, and there's something to be said too, you know, but I'm uh, not allowed to throttle you. I have to just go, it's fine. We'll do it again. Yeah. And that's where I, and that's where I depart from that because <laughs> it's, I, you know, I do more independent films than I do studio films. Yeah. And so when you're working on a fucking independent film and, you know, you have to trust that every single department head is going to know what they're doing and mm-hmm. they're going to be fucking responsible and uh, how fucking, uh, and it, you know, again, for like an independent film where a, you're making like $125 a day and you're working 18 hours, which is less than minimum wage. Um, and you You're know, doing it because you love art, Heather. Well, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Yeah. I don't care. I'm like, support my Patreon, please. <laughs> um, but um, I'm serious, though. Um, but, 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 oh, so the point is, is that, you know, as an actor, you know, it's you're supposed to know your lines, but, 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 all this shit, right? But I find myself again and again and again having to, like, like, God damn it. Like this cup wasn't here. This cup was there. Like it needs like, where the fuck is like the continuity? Like we're scripty, right? You know, like what the, where's my like worst props? I, some, I don't have this. The ring I that I had this. in the last scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And some projects I can just let go and be like, whatever. I'm the actor. Like I, okay. If it's not going to go well, it's not going to go well. And other things I have to be like, so yeah, I have to not only be doing that job, but I also have to be like, are we sure we want this here? Like, it, but then you don't want, you're like, well, what's my place? Well, I mean, for me, it's it, my place because th- that's the deal at the end of the day, right? When people re- review movies, they're not going to be like, well, that script person certainly fucked up. You know, that like the prop people certainly fucked right, up in right. this movie. It's, it's always going to come down to like, yeah, it's always going to come down to like the face of the fucking actor. Mm-hmm. And, and also then like the director, but, right. but more it's going to, you know, come down to the fucking actor. And, and so in that sense, you have to be your own advocate. Absolutely. And so I really, um, I, I, I rarely, rarely lose my temper. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very, 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 very patient you know, however, when the same thing happens again and again, I remember this fucking movie that I did, um, two years ago and there was a fucking PA, like <laughs> a mother fucking PA, um, where I had a lot of wardrobe changes mm-hmm. and he was like, has the, that been approved by the director? And I was like, excuse you. <laughs> You, you weren't even like a thought, like you weren't like, I've been, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. Mm -hmm. Um, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I remember it got like, and he just was like staying in his lane was not his forte to the point that I had to get to go to the first, first AD and say like, if you don't get a handle on this fucker 
there's gonna be a. Did he just want to give his opinion on everything? No, he just was. He wanted was, to be involved in everything. It was he was a straight white male from Florida. Hey, that's where I'm from. That, Not the best. Um, <laughs> that had a really inflated sense of entitlement, and because he heard. You know, like the first AD talking with the director about something mm. that he then interpreted, oh. you know, and then it was like, this has, so it's just, um, where like, unless you're the, and again, it was just really for this experience. But like in that moment, I felt like, unless you're the fucking director. Yeah. Or the fucking writer, or the first AD, or the DP. Yeah, you need to shut the fuck up and not talk to me. Yeah, um, because it—he was continually up my ass, and it was after a conversation that I had had with him, where um, he had said something because I think it was right after um, Mike Brown. Oh, I think it—I think it was like right after Mike Brown and. I was, I was so fucking upset. Yeah. Um, you know, as everyone should have been. Right. And, you know, he went on a thing about like, blah, 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 blah. You know, like fucking all lives matter fucking. And I was like, not today, Satan. Not today. Like, not today, motherfucker. (laughs) And, like, that's what happens. I think that, like, when you are a woman, um, especially when you're a woman and you have a little bit of power, that sometimes can seemingly mean nothing because that that still then doesn't stop a little fuck nugget PA yeah. from Florida in terms of um, wanting to try to regulate and control, you know, who you are. Yeah, because they think you don't know what you're doing. And not only that, I think it's because all of a sudden he felt like emasculated because I told him some fucking truth oh. about his fucking white privilege. Right. And like, ba ba ba. So then all of a sudden it was like, I'm going to crawl. It, was that approved by the director? Because ba da 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 You need to. And then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, you, you can deal with. You can deal with uh, your hurt feelings on your own fucking time. Yeah. Not here. Um, and it's certainly a, not with me. It's a very hierarchical place, a set. Like everyone has their job and their position. Um, and it's tough to, like you can't really know till you see the finished product you, to know like what was working and what, what wasn't. Like something I just worked on in post, they were like, Ooh, sound wasn't that great. And I was like, oh, well, should I have been on the sound guy the whole time? Like, I didn't, like, I was doing my 50 other jobs. Now I should have been on the sound guy, too. Was this something that you produced, wrote, directed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't direct it, but I starred in it and produced it and wrote it. Okay. Um, well, that's, but, and did you... I have, like, so many questions now. I know, but I just, like, didn't think to be, like, on the sound, guys. Well, that's not your... But, too. But where's the director? Yeah. I mean, she she was like, oh, yeah, now we... Whatever. Like, it's fine. You can only work with the footage you have. Um, 
and what in the sound you have but it was i was like a little bit zen on day of and was like i don't have to check on everyone and then you're like yes you do you have to check on everyone i mean seriously you like you really 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 fucking do it's crazy it's- but also, like with that too. Um, this is why people think women are on in entertainment are bitches. Like this is where this comes from. Is like us feeling like we have to make sure things are okay, and then we're called bitches. Well, you know what? <laughs> no one else if is doing people, it. If people could actually do their fucking job, <laughs> where it's like, you know what? Maybe if like your fucking like coverage you know, wasn't completely fucked with soft focus. Right. You know, maybe if you actually did your fucking job, um, there, this wouldn't be like a fucking problem. And well, I'll tell you like almost every great director, every great male director, their editor is a woman because they just turn in like some shit. And then this woman sits down and turns it into a beautiful masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's it's so crazy. Like the thing that like I had um directed in two thousand fourteen, which is like finally now like um getting ready, mm-hmm. you know, like I was very clear with like what I wanted to shoot. I was very clear with like the storyboard. I had every single shot laid out, you know. Um Ugh, what a bitch, what a control freak. No, but never want to work with her. What yeah, a terrible exactly. bitch. <laughs> um, with some room then for like those inspired moments. Right. And the DP continually was like, well, no, wait, why don't we? And I'm like, no, we're getting this shot. We're getting this shot. And then if we have time, we can do like what mm-hmm. you think like we should do. Mm-hmm. But we need to get this shot because A, this isn't, you're not directing this. Yeah. Like you're, you're directing my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially after there was like a whole entire, like a, that's the reason for the storyboard. That's the reason for the shot list. Right. Like that's the, but then don't come to me on day of, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, but da 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 da. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, is that, um, I've never seen a DP do that to a dude. Oh, no, never. Ever. Never. Um, and and the truth is, is that the the proof is in, like, the final result. Yeah. You know, and I'm 98% happy with the final result, mm-hmm. except for, like, the one shot that, like, I really fucking wanted. And I was told that, like, we fucking had it in playback. It looked like we fucking had it because I will look at fucking playback. Oh, yeah, of course. After every single fucking take to make sure, again, that, like, we're not in soft focus and, like, we got, like, what we needed. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, the two things that I was, like, the two things um, that, that I felt were the most important somehow mysteriously disappeared. Mm -hmm. Like, I which infuriates me, but also in the same regard, my, my role and my job is just to be the caretaker of like the story that's being told. Yeah. Like that's it. And so you have to just sort of like let go of your ego or like kill your darling. You're like, oh, okay. No, no. What I mean is this, where it's, if you think I'm a cunt, mm-hmm. you think I'm a cunt and like whatever the fuck, Ah, uh, yes. you know, but 
I know why I'm here. And it's because I've worked, I've worked with fucking directors where it like, it is all about the fucking ego on both sides where, you know, um, they're so desperate to be liked Mm -hmm. that then like the overall story suffers, Mm -hmm. you know, because they don't want to be labeled a bitch or a cunt or whatever. Right. Like, but Um, usually if you dig deeper like if someone says oh so such and such showrunner such and such director is a bitch and you go well why the story they end up telling you is like very normal like i when i first moved to la i had a meeting with someone who was like i said i liked the mindy project and he was like "Ugh, mindy kaling's the worst everyone knows that and i was like why and he's like everyone in this town thinks she's a bitch and i was like really why and he was like, oh, well, she demanded final approval on, like, the some babies that were going to be in a scene. And it was, like, a whole thing. And I was like, you mean, like, a showrunner would? <laughs> like, what you're describing is a very basic showrunner task. <laughs> that somehow has spread across this town that she's a bitch. And I was like, but she, what she did was what any showrunner would do. What are you talking about? I know. And every video that comes out of like David O. Russell yelling at some actress, but but like the 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 male directors who act like that are seen as like eccentric and cool and cowboys, and genius, and genius. And, and the female directors who act like that are like never work again. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I just I've run out of box to give. Yeah, I've like literally I've run out of fucks to give. I remember that. Like getting ready to work with BB New Earth. Oh, cool. When I was like 15 or 16. And she was playing my mom in something. And I. Oh my God, that seems perfect. Like it was so incredible. <laughs> like one of the best experiences of my life. Like I loved working with her. And I remember being told that like she was very, quote unquote, difficult, very difficult to work mm-hmm. with. And she. And if by difficult they meant this, that she has a severe, severe um, allergy to garlic. Yeah. And, you know, in the in the 90s, independent film, like, wasn't, like, micro-budget 25000 like it is now, you know, but um, where, like, you'd have, like, a catered lunch and, like, whatever. Um, and we only had her for five days. So, and we were shooting a lot. It was like an intense, intense, um, drama that we were shooting that was like really emotionally exhausting and heavy. And she was playing like an alcoholic and like just, it was a lot of work. Yeah. And so we had like gone over for lunch, which meant that like, you know, like we'd pass grace, um, Maybe explain to the audience what that So, means. like, grace means that um, you're then going to get a penalty. Like, you might have to pay money because yeah. you went past lunchtime. Yeah, you went past lunchtime. You went past, like... Unions! Yeah. Um, which is another thing Love I want to talk with you about. <laughs> um, and she gets to lunch, and garlic isn't everything. No! Yeah. Mm. And she goes to the first AD, and she's like, no, second AD. Um, okay, well, just get me, get me a can of sardines. Just get me a can of sardines from the store and I will be fine. Very good BB New Earth impression. Thanks. And then some dumb fuck goes to the store and gets her sardines. Yeah. But 
she can't open these sardines. Oh. Because there's no can opener. They didn't just get the self-open uh, kind. Okay. So she's like, uh, uh, someone uh, just find me a can opener and 15 minutes go by. Yeah. They finally find her a can opener. Yeah. Right when she gets the can opener. All right. We're back in. Yeah. We're back in. Lunch is now over. Yeah. And she says, lunch is not over until I finish my sardines. Yeah. And. Which will be what? 10 minutes? Yeah. Like chill out. And because again, like in a minute, it's like go, 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 go. Like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, wait, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, wait. And you're always waiting on like somebody else. And the other thing that I loved was that we were shooting in this house and they wanted me to come downstairs barefoot. And this house was like dilapidated, gross, disgusting mess. And there were all of these nails. Yeah. And the, they were like, Heather, just go like, you'll be fine. And at the time I didn't have, I didn't have an advocate, Yeah, you know, in steps BB you are not going to go down those stairs until they sweep everything up. Right. You're going to make sure that you are safe when you go down those stairs. Right. And I was like, no, it's okay. And she's like, it is not okay. Right. And she advocated for me and there was like broken glass and there was like just shit. Right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. on the stairs. And so. You would have hurt yourself. Yeah. And it's so. Now, like after that moment, when I heard the, when I heard the term difficult, I had a a completely different experience where it was like, oh, somebody that actually is going to advocate for themselves, that is going to advocate for others, that isn't going to be bullied into submission, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because they know their worth and what they they bring to the project. They also just like basic... Like in order to do the work, you need to have eaten lunch in order to, for you to continue to work, you need to have not stepped on a nail. Like this is not, you're not asking for crazy things. Yeah, absolutely not. And so it's, um, and I totally understood Lily Tomlin when she was, you know, that there's that famous thing with on YouTube between David O. Russell and Lily Tomlin. It's the funniest thing. It's the funniest thing where she's yelling back. My favorite part of that clip is Jason Schwartzman just sitting in like in the middle of it and not moving. Like just waiting for it to be done, sitting with his legs up on the desk, like just unbothered. And that he's like, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. But and she's like, What first you want my legs up, then you want them down, then it and there's nothing worse than a director that is um, contradictory in their statements and they don't know how to communicate with actors and ask for what they need. Mm-hmm. It's just very funny. But people, then it was interesting when Jennifer Lawrence was like, well, people react in different ways. Like she was like, I respond when David O'Russell yells. And Amy Adams was like, I do not. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> like people, you need different, uh, different things in order to like do your best. I feel like, you know, if I'm in a, like, if I'm Elizabeth Taylor and I'm in a relationship with a Richard Burton Mm -hmm. and we're screaming at each other and we're having a row and 
Like, <laughs> How glamorous. Like whatever the fuck. And it's like, you know, that's our dynamic. Like mm-hmm. that's our dynamic. That is the dynamic that we have created. That's the dynamic that we have. Um, and I think that. Oh, you can't extend that to everyone. You're saying. You cannot extend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To everyone in, in this regard where it's. The relationship that I have with you is not going to be the same relationship that I have with someone else. And it doesn't mean that our relationship is inauthentic. Right. Or I'm only showing you one side of self. Um, You're saying as a director, you should. I'm thinking this as you're talking. As a director, you should be able to work with what the actor needs, not like expect that every actor will respond to you yelling at them well that's like that's like me um you know if i'm talking to somebody that you know doesn't speak english right and i'm screaming at them still not in english still <laughs> like still they don't speak english so you so, being louder doesn't like help. every every single i feel as though everyone speaks a different language in the sense of um one actor might really respond to getting to have like a personal conversation where it's do you remember what you were telling me about you know your ex-boyfriend and you know how he made you feel that moment when he left you alone in the car and you watched him like whatever the fuck and that rage and that anger, that's what we want here. Mm-hmm. Versus um, getting to look at an actor who doesn't doesn't know what's like, doesn't know how to play something, and doesn't necessarily need anything from me, but just needs to talk it out. Yeah, and being able to listen and be like, "Yep, great." Or versus like someone else where it's where you don't even use words and it's almost Mm -hmm. like an eye contact thing. Do you remember? (gasps) Yep. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Got it. Great. Let's go. You know, do you give line readings or do you like getting line readings or no? No, I've never gotten a line reading in my life. (laughs) Um, I've never given a line reading in my life. I know. I don't like it. Um, because that then means if you want to pair it, go to the pet store. That I know. Um, I have a lot of problems with that, too, from director's line readings. Because I'm like, you're not hiring a robot. You're hiring... You're, hi- you're not hiring... You're hiring my version of this character. When when were you asked to give a line reading? All and, the time. I don't want to call person out, but all the time. But what is... Um, and for people that don't know what a line reading is... It's when the director says the line the way they want you to say it and you repeat it back. So they give you the inflection. They give you the emotion. And then you just have to repeat back what they did. Yeah, I've never I've I've never been given um Yeah, you're not supposed to do it, I don't think, but there's people that are these well established directors? No. But they uh, won't go far. Yeah. I know. Um, but there's like a thing of sort of, I think it's like a control thing. And 
it's interesting. I was reading. Do you like Jill Soloway? I do. I love Jill Soloway. I want to work with her. Yeah, I was reading a thing a while ago about the transparent set, and it was sort of like just letting the actors walk around in the space and see, and then doing the blocking based on that yes. and seeing like, like I feel like she hires people that she likes what they do and then is like, do that. Yes. And versus wanting to control the minutia of every single. And I feel like that about the stuff I make. Like, I don't want to tell you who this character is. I want to give you, I'm not even a director, but as a writer, just, I want to give you my idea of who the character is 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 not what you're going to do, but I like you and I want to see what you do. And that to me, I feel, this is how I feel like at least in terms of like characters and Bapa and story, that all, all I get to be is a channel yeah. for the character to come through and that if it is written well, yeah. the energy of the character is going to be on the page the emotion is going to be on the page. There's going to be, there's that invisible transference that happens where you get to connect yeah. with um, what is what is written and I see it. I visually see it. I hear it. So I hear the lines. I hear the lines in my head. I hear the character speaking in my head. Um, so they're telling me what their language is mm-hmm. and you know, in those moments where it's difficult to discern the voice of the character because um, it's not there on the page. Yeah. That's then where I feel, especially if it's like a writer slash director, um, that then gives line readings because it's... Either A, well, A, they didn't do their fucking job. Right. It's just, they're just control. Like, it's just control. And it's, and it's the beyond fucking control, it's fucking ego. It's Yeah, bullshit. and it's going to have a bad pro- product, I think. What I love, part of what I love is like, so I just shot something that I wrote. And I didn't direct it. But what I, so I write a script. It's just pages of paper. I wrote it. Like, now I get to pick a director that I like their work and I say, now you make the next, it's almost like making a recipe with a bunch of people. Like I love collaboration. I love being like, now next step, what do you, what does this look like to you? Then they add their color and their spice. And then I go, okay, now I've, I imagined this character, particularly there was a character in it that was meant to be like a 22 year old. In my mind, I saw her as a 22, two year old Latina. We ended up casting a woman who I love, this um, actress, Tawny Newsom, who's in Bajillion Dollar Properties, who I just was a fan of, who's like 34 and like a black woman. And I was like, I just love Tawny Newsom. I want to work with her. I want to have her in this. Fuck it. She's playing Yasmin. Yeah. We put her in the part and then just now this is now it's whatever Tawny makes it. And yeah. I don't and it's now it's gone. It's out of my hands. Yeah. Now Tawny's added her part. Yes. And then like and then that's what I wanted it to be. I just wanted it to be. Everybody, like, I trust the wardrobe person. I trust, you know, the set dressing people to to take what I wrote and do what they think it should look yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I just wanted, and, it, and, it, and in the end, it's better than what I just put on the page. Like, what I put on the page is, like, the rice. And then everybody adds, like, their hot sauce and their ketchup and their spice and their whatever. And, like, 
and then it becomes what it is. And I, I want it, I never want it to be like the Gabby Dunn show. I mean, it is my story and I'm in it and it's my show and it comes from my experience, but I never want it to just be like the Gabby Dunn show. Like I always like you hire a director because you like their vision. You hire actors because you like what they do. Yes, absolutely. And I wouldn't, and I want everyone to sort of like make the thing together, like everyone to do their part the best that they can do it. And I would never have been like, I don't know. I just, I've worked with a lot of people who feel apparently very opposite or not a lot, but a few people who apparently feel very oppositely. But I always feel like that. And maybe there's this fear that it won't turn out well, unless they are like micromanaging, you know, then they feel like it won't turn out well, unless they are on top of everything. Well, that then, I mean, and it, and there, therein lies the rub, right? Because you've got to, if you trust everybody that they're going to be doing their jobs, yeah. right? And then and they might bring something to it that you never even thought yeah, of. But then on the rare occasion, I know that you find out that they haven't done their job. I know um, that you're like, fuck me and like, fuck my life and fuck me up the ass. Yeah. And like, I trusted you. Yeah. I trusted you. And you completely betrayed that fucking trust. And that to me is unforgivable. I know. That to me is fucking unforgivable. So like with that, then I feel like there's, um, the standards get finer. I know. I think with web video too, people don't take it seriously. Like, I don't know if this would be surprising to you, but the amount of times that we've shot just between us and had an actor show up not knowing their lines. Like, just be like, oh, it's like, it's like an inner, like, and it's a full sketch. It's a five page video, scripted video. And actors will show up and be like, so what's this about? And look through the lines because they think it's just like a YouTube video. So who cares? But we shoot it with a crew. Like we shoot it like it's a show. Mm -hmm. And like, I would say more often than not, the actor will show up not knowing their lines. And how long does it take them to learn their lines? Sometimes we just we just shoot it reading the line to them out like no yeah oh yeah because we're we're we don't have time we're we're shooting like two a day and we just have to get it done and have they have they gotten the script beforehand yeah oh yeah Allison sends a call sheet yeah um I think there have been a few people who came knowing their lines and those are people who either have acted like our actors mm-hmm. not just like YouTube personalities mm-hmm. or. Or who are like just generally respectful people, like people who I know are like very good hearted and respectful and like would would be prepared for almost anything that they had to do. Um, But yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. And there's a big difference between being a quote unquote personality versus being an actor. I know. And that becomes incredibly clear. And then also like. I think it's tough, too, because you want so one, I want to work with. Um, other influencers so I can get their following to look at my shit, Mm -hmm. which is, but then like they show up and they don't know their lines or two, um, you, you want to give people a chance who don't normally act Mm -hmm. like friends of yours Mm -hmm. or like people who are stand up comics, but don't normally Mm -hmm. act or Mm -hmm. people who are like whatever, but they don't normally act. Yeah. And then they also like show up and learn uh, that day that they uh, don't know how to learn lines. (laughs) So you're kind of like dealing with um, these things that then it makes it hard 
with web video because you have to move so quickly it makes it you have to like then I feel like it stresses us out and like makes us treat the, the set a way we wouldn't want, normally treat it are you very precious you the collective just between us you no I mean <laughs> or like, each of us individually no, I mean are you very precious with like the words on the page because it it also makes me think you know um I'm not I will say that I'm not yeah where it's if you I do a lot of or like Allison has done this of okay how would you say it just don't worry about it how would you say this yeah, and I, I feel like there's there's something to be said that if you read five pages of dialogue, five pages of dialogue, five pages of dialogue, and you you have the the foundation of what the scene is about and where it needs to go, you know. I would be happy to like. And, I would be happy to, but I'm not. It's interesting. We have different. Um, she and I have different. She's very into like timing and pacing and like comedy as yes. this like pure thing. Yes. And I'm way more feelingsy, way more like let's just like in what, you know, I like I I will I will not cut things. I if it were up to me, I wouldn't cut pauses or um laughter or like in our in our let's say like in our Monday show, which is more like talking. Um I like leaving laughter. I like leaving pauses. I like leaving, me, like, if I'm thinking of an answer, I like leaving the three seconds of me going, um, like, I like that. Uh, she was like, the pacing is wrong. Cut, 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 cut. And it's, like, very efficient, like, military precision. <laughs> so, like, we just have different, um, we value different things in terms of, like, what we think makes... Comedy. Comedy or what we think makes... Um, what we think people are interested in, which is like interesting. Like, uh, and, and also like when I was explaining, if I, if I, if I'll explain the way I would want to run like the way I, I was wanting to run my set for this pilot I just shot, I think it would have been run entirely differently if it was Allison's thing on her own. And it would have been, like, we just would never run a show or a set the same way, mm. which is, like, very funny. And I think I've – there's been times where I've regretted the way that I do things because it is it is more difficult. Like, I will – if I want a certain person who's not an actor, but they are, like – a person of color who doesn't norm who like wouldn't normally act, but I think they're funny and good. And I'm like, let's get you in front of the camera. Obviously you're going to not be great, but let's like do this. I would rather take the half hour to like get that going. Whereas like, I think some people, they have this like precision about that. They're like, I don't want to deal with it. I just want to cast my friend. Do you know what I mean? Like I want like more of a and I and I like don't want to put a mark down for where everybody needs to stand. I want to just like let's get the whole room and let's see what the actor does. Like I'm a little bit more but then I regret sometimes because I'm like well we didn't get the coverage we needed or yeah that part could have been played better or yeah you know like if I was more efficiency based it would be a different story. But well, I also think- like and to me I feel like I, I care more about the authenticity of stuff. 
I feel like there there's there's a balance, right? Yeah. So I look at somebody one of my heroes is Blake Edwards. Okay. Love. Mm-hmm. Love 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 Blake Edwards, you know, directed Pink Panther, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like love Blake Edwards. Mm-hmm. And he would have um everything set up by the time the actors got there. Mm-hmm. Like would have everything set up. It would be a under a 12 hour day. Yeah. And he would be very clear about what it is that he wanted st- while also still getting to have room um, for where I know. It's not and that's like- the problem I run mm-hmm. into where then the, the set goes long because I'm trying to help or I'm trying to like do things a certain. Yeah. Like, can you give me an example of what? Like, and is this taking a- the half hour to go? Let's bring the actors in and have them just feel out the room. Versus when they get there, this is your mark. You have to hit it. We're done in fifteen minutes. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that there needs to. So maybe instead of and again, it's like different. Whatever the fuck, it's right? tough because we uh, neither Allison nor I are wrong. There's mm-hmm. just different ways of doing things. Well, I feel like you know there gets to be a balance where it's instead of maybe like a half hour, yeah, where you're you know holding somebody's hand, yeah, and whatever the fuck, um, and they think that they can just like be so lackadaisical and ask questions and mm-hmm, blah blah mm-hmm. and think that they have eighteen hours and like whatever's when everybody else is like, Oh my god, we gotta go, 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 yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just um you know, if it's giving them like a shot of the room like the night before. Yeah. You know, I see what if you're it's saying. like getting to be like, Okay, we have like fifteen minutes. Like, the, I need 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody else that's as close set, I don't want anybody else. Mm-hmm. If you don't need to be in here, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Go have a coffee break. Don't be in here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, unless you were a fucking actor. Yeah. You know, and like, that's it. And you literally then just get to have 15 fucking minutes. You know, and like if you need to hold fucking gaffer tape yourself, you fucking hold gaffer tape your fucking self, mm-hmm. especially if it's a contained fucking set. And like you work it out. That's done. You call back in the DP. Yeah. You call back in the crew. Yeah. And it's like, OK, let's just work through what we're going to do. The DP then gets to see it. So does like the grip and electric fucking department, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, OK, great. And then like you get to take and then like the. And then it takes like 15 minutes to set up. Yeah. And then it's shot and it's done. So instead of taking the half hour. Right. Just take 15 minutes. You completely like clear out your fucking set unless you fucking need to be there. No fucking talking. No fucking walkies. No fucking Mm -hmm. anything. You literally like 15 fucking minutes. Put it on a fucking stopwatch if you have to. Like the actors then like know exactly like what they need to do and they feel protected and they feel safe. Yeah. You know, but they also understand and recognize that they don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and also that we're all working together to like get this to be done. You know who does a great job are um, Cameron and Rhea. Cameron yeah. Esposito and Rhea Butcher. Yeah. They do a great job because I just worked on season two of their show Take My Wife. And they every, most of the people that they have in the show are not actors. Yeah. Stand up comics like uh, queer people who are don't act like don't really act trans people who don't really act like. 
but they're giving them screen time and credits and experience. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I shot a scene with Cameron and her hairdresser and Cameron's hairdresser is not an actor. Yeah. But they love this person. This person like is huge in the LGBT community in L.A., like founder of Dyke Day, like huge. Yeah. And Cameron was like, I want this person in the scene. Yeah. And they were shaking in their boots the whole time because they were like, I'm not an actor. I don't know. What, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And, and we just did the scene real slow and they and they got it done. And like the greater good is that like this person gets to be immortalized in this show. And like so uh, there's a lot of put like I don't know. There's like so much pushback. I feel like I get a lot like there's so much pushback on like it's it's a waste of time to try to like n- nurture people into that. But like. It's people that haven't had the opportunity, so let's give them the opportunity. Absolutely, and also I feel like it's it's. But it's tough because then it falls on you. Because then I, when it doesn't work out, then I'm in trouble. And it's like you see your whole diversity thing, Gabby. It was a fucking waste of time. No, 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 no. And it becomes my fault. No, absolutely fucking not. I mean, it does in real life. (laughs) Yeah, but but here's the deal. You know, it's it's um. I I have a lot of feelings about that. No, I know, that. because Where you'd never be like, oh, like, this movie was bad, Steven Spielberg, so you shouldn't have given this white man a, a pat. You know what I mean? Like, it's never, it's always like, oh, Gabby insisted on having other queers in this, and it really made the whole thing shitty. Well, A, fuck you, whoever says that, B, fuck you so hard. I know, um, but that's what happens. Well, it's that, you know, you, you bring up... Um, if one other lesbian gives a bad performance, it's my fault somehow. <laughs> well, well, here's the deal, right? Like, if the buck, like, stops and ends with you, right? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, like, I, I, I take responsibility for the failure and I take responsibility for the success. And that if, you know, the if one of the purposes of you getting to do your show... You know, and if one of the reasons that you feel like you've been put in the position of privilege and power that you have been, mm-hmm. which is to open the air hanger door a little wider yeah. to allow more visibility and opportunity for um, queer people, people of color, women of color, yeah. you know, people with disabilities in front of and behind the camera. Um then that's fucking worth it. And if there are other people that don't actually get that and don't support that, mm-hmm. then they don't need to then buy. But then I'm difficult. Well, I don't think you're difficult. No, you don't. But I think other people would are like, she's difficult. She's making us like, instead of just casting this white person, she's making us do a, a castings, like take a day to do a casting. Well, you know what? If that's your fucking job and if you don't want to do that, right. bye. No, I know. Bye. I know. But I always get, I, it's weird because I always end up having to say something. Like I always have to be the person who's like, Hey, casting person, everyone you've submitted to me is white. Can we maybe do a cast? You know, like I'm, oh, but then I, <clears throat> I don't want to like make myself seem like a martyr, but I just think there have been so many instances lately where I've had to be like, Hey guys, this is not the best. But then because I'm the person speaking up, then they go, well, she's like a real problem. But you know what? Who gives a fuck? I know. 
Like, do you know what? Here's the thing. Like, the women that I really, truly fucking love, you think a Madonna gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, you think Madonna gives two fucks? <laughs> like, Betty Davis, where she says that, um, she says something about, like, if you haven't, if you haven't burned some b- bridges in this business, like, you're not successful. I know. It's just exhausting. Well, it can be in this sense. If you're trying to be liked... And do the right thing at the same time. Correct. Where I would rather be disliked. I would rather... Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, <laughs> so... But also knowing that... Um, There's just landmines all the time. Like, getting the, offered things that... Yeah, it's just landmines all the time. Well, I there's so many things I want to be way more specific about that I like fucking wish I could tell my fans about and I just have to like not be so specific about it. Uh, well, this is me. I'm like, we definitely need to work together. Great. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Done. Do you see how fast that, do you see how fast that gets to happen, people? You just say, let's do this. And it's like, yes, done. Um... Yeah, it's Was this was this a good episode? I felt like it was very inside baseball. No, I think this was a really really beautiful episode. It's not something that I talk about a lot on my podcast, but it's actually something that I feel is really beautiful in How often do you think like like two queer female actors get this inside baseball about shit probably not often i mean i i like i i have no fucking clue (laughs) like i have no fucking clue you know it's uh it's it's so um i've been so tired oh yeah it's exhausting so fucking tired um you're tired of representing an entire group that's weird no because (laughs) here's the thing i don't think i represent anyone I know? don't either but somehow other people think that we do um and if you're the one and if anything is social justice is gonna happen you're the one who has to do it um you know but I don't have to I get to that's the thing uh, it's, there's not an absence of choice like I get to do it I get to make the choice every day in terms of am I going to open my mouth or am I going to keep it shut am I actually going to stand for my principles or am I not which is like you know why You know, like the thing that you and I were talking about before where it's, um, and that's, that's the nature of, of politics sometimes in regards to what are you going to stand for, Mm -hmm. you know? And if like, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And I think fans appreciate it, but if they knew like behind the scenes, how much, uh, people are like annoyed <laughs> by like what I don't know like I just had a thing where a guy at a party um, like an industry party where they were talking to me this guy was talking about a show he sold about a marginalized group that he's not a part of and he was like yeah we're gonna make this show blah blah, blah. and and he was like kind of trying to work with me maybe and I like he was talking about it and I made a face mm. and he was like why'd you just make a face and I was like well, because you're making a show about a marginalized group you're not a part of. Uh, and that's weird. 
And then we got into a whole conversation about it. And then he was like, well, yeah, no, I like, yeah, I wanted you to consult on it. Like, you know, kind of like trying to wait. Is this the is this the new show that I don't know if you'll guess it. Wait, that's kind of like. um, What is it like? Queer as folk something. Mm, I'm not sure. Okay, it's a show about polyamory. Okay, and I was like, oh, like just alarm bells. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like as the dude was talking like this wacky world of polyamory. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and that, and just like there's been a couple things like that where like even like throwing together LGBT stuff. Right. Where like I get offered gigs where they're like, can you write this show about like as a bisexual woman? Can you write this show about trans people? And I'm like, no, I cannot because I am cis. And they'll be like, but you're LGBT and we just need someone LGBT to write this LGBT show. And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) Gender and sexuality are different things. And you can't just cover your bases by being like, we got an LGBT to do an LGBT. Dunzo. Finished. We did it. Pat ourselves on the back. (laughs) But if I don't take it, Heather, who are they going to give it to? Some fucking cis bro? Like, well, you know what? This this is what I would say. I know. It's a nightmare. Every day is just this these mind games over and over well, again. You know, because this is something I would think of, right? Yeah. Where because do you have do you have friends that are trans writers? Of course. That are really good trans writers. Very easily okay, so could then, find those people. Yeah, so then you know what? Like you then have a few options, right? I one of my friends told me <clears throat> to to pitch it as like co written. That's what I was just gonna yeah. say. Um bring someone on yeah where it's where you get to do everything and anything that you can so as opposed to just being like sure yeah and but where it's like ha 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 actually now you have to I know, but it's also so weird that they're still like i don't know throw an lgbt on it and i'm like there's there's four different groups in that lgbt we don't all have different issues <laughs> You can't just like they're so close to being right. They're so close, but they're not. Listen, oh, you you almost got there. It's like <laughs> listen, the difference between like hitting a fucking bullseye and hitting a cow in the background. You it's, know, it's it very is, different. Yes, yeah. they're you're so, on the right path. Just a, one more critical thought. One more. Oh, get you almost there. <laughs> well, it's well, you know, it's. But that's every this shit like this is like one of like 15 things that happens to me per day. <laughs> um, a, it makes me think that like I need to be living more. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fucking hermit. I literally am such a fucking hermit. No, it's just things that that come at like or offers where I have to sit and like do the math of like what. Yeah, it's just shit like this all, you know, all the time or like me thinking okay, so this project is happening, so we need this type of consultant on it. How, who's going to pay for that? Is it going to be me paying for it? Will the produce, Will the producers pay for it? Probably not. Will the, like, there's just been, like, a million. I wish I could just, like, publish a list of all the landmines I've had to navigate in terms of social justice in the last year alone. Well, here's the deal, right? Again, there's two ways of looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. I know that I get the gift of having a platform 
Yes. And having the voice that I have. Yes. It is a gift that um, I... It's a gift. It's a fucking gift. And I... I think that it's also that like I, I have a responsibility. So in terms me of, too. I feel that way too. Yeah. So like it's, it, for me, it's never something in regards to like fucking landmines, but it's like, I will fucking call shit out. I'll help you know? fix this. And but can you fix everything? Well, no. And that's <laughs> why, and that's why I like take care of my little like patch of quote of uh quote work yeah and that's it yeah you know i love saying no i know i i love saying but then if i no. say no to this let's say this trans show then i'm the, then until it gets made in the back of my mind i'm like okay but who did they hire did they yeah. hire a worse person well, than me is well, it my fault should i have taken it no well here's the well here's the deal right mm-hmm. again our lives are filled with choices and continual crossroads correct right so it's not like if i don't do it what you then get to do is say you know what i don't think that i'm the right person for the job however what about this here's these people here's a list of five people that i think would be incredible i'm gonna let them know that you're gonna be reaching out Oh, snap. And Mm -hmm. so, so what it is, is a, you already have a fucking list. You have a list of trans people, women of color, men of color, people with disabilities. I have these lists ready for casting, right? When somebody says, Allison and I were trying to cast something and there was a male character in it and we knew that they were going to be like, what about this white vine star? And so like months ahead of time, I made a list of. Uh, uh, men of color actors who could fit this role and Mm -hmm. I made a list of like I got help from Twitter I made a list of like 50 names Mm -hmm. so that when they came at us with that one white vine star Mm -hmm. I could go back at them with this name 50 person list and I did that months before I knew they were about to do that to us yeah I feel like I'm just like preparing for shit in like a weird war well I look at it again, like I really do look at it this way, right? I keep on thinking of Glinda the Good Witch. Mm-hmm. Like, be gone. You have no, <laughs> you, you have no power here. Yeah. Where it's, you've already done the work. And so it's not, it's not like an emotional landmine. You know, it's not like, oh no, ba ba ba, having to step and having to do da 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 da, mm-hmm. because you've already prepared yourself. So it's, it's literally like all of the individuals that are saying I can't or this can't, mm-hmm. you know, being like, actually, well, actually, well, actually, well. I just prepared ahead of time. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, it's there, there is no excuse. There is right. no, and then at the end of the day, it is up to them what choice they're going to make armed with this new information and these new facts. Mm-hmm. And that then gives them an opportunity to look at self in the mirror. Right. And if they end up being like, nah, and going with the white cis guy writer to write for a trans character. Um, then they made that <clears throat> choice because you gave them options. They're, yeah, they're the ones that made that choice that it's they have to fault. live with. 
It's not because you gave them the opportunity and you gave them the list and there's nothing else that you can do except you've got the fucking receipts. True. You've got the fucking receipts. This thing that I just shot, you know, um, the, the, one of the producers was very specific about hiring people of color. Um, and the, there's receipts they have the receipts mm-hmm. and they end up showing up on set and the people didn't fucking take the direction. Correct. Completely just dismissed it. Yeah. When they a, are fucking employees, but didn't, we didn't have time to stop shooting. I wasn't a part of that segment thing, but like I was like, listen, Cause I remember watching him being like, this is really way too fucking like where the fuck are. Oh yeah. But you have to, it's so weird with crowd scenes. You have to say it, but here, but here's the deal is that she had specifically said, and they don't care. And that, and the choreographer completely dismissed it. And I was like, well, you know what? You have the fucking receipts. You have the fucking receipts. And for me, I have no problem now throwing anybody under the bus and I don't mean like anybody, mm-hmm. but here's the deal is that, um, I'm not going to, um, take the fall, uh, not even take the fall, but I'm not going to shield you from your, and, yeah, from your, yeah, exactly. From your fucking bigotry. Oh, I have, I keep the emails. Homophobia. I keep the, yeah, for like, sure. I'm, I'm most certainly not. And, um, and I try to take care of what's in my control, but what sucks is what you were saying about the actor getting the flack in the end for something that doesn't turn out well is like, yeah, if, if someone behind the scenes makes a decision mm-hmm. regarding something that's with me, like I get the flack for it. Yeah. yeah. So I keep the emails cause I'm like, I'm not going down for your fucking craziness. You're yeah. like homophobia. I don't even say that. I should say I'm not going down for your racism, homophobia, xenophobia and sexism. Yeah. And that's Sorry. when they get fired and you say bye. Well only where that's only it worked that way um, are we have we been talking for way too we've long been, we've been talking for a while oh, so i'm sorry no baby you're fine this is actually perfect um well listen i am so grateful that i got to have you on thank you um and i hope that we get to do this again soon and yeah let's just like fucking work together okay great done um All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and um, yay. See you (laughs) next week. See you next Tuesday, Thursday. Bye.